Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned as together we'll study God's Word. Happy Mother's Day, PCC. We are so grateful for who you are, those of you who are moms, whether it's spiritually or physically, and the way you're investing in the next generation. It's incredible, and I think in these times, uh, you're doing an amazing job in that role. Hey, I'm excited about two things I want to share with you. Here's the first. After this Sunday, and starting next week, we're actually starting a brand new series. It's called Imagine, and it's all about discovering God's will for our life. Most of us have heard that God has a wonderful plan, an amazing plan, a significant plan for our lives. God wants to have a say with what we do with our one and only life. Many of us don't know how to tap in to that plan, how to hear from God. We're taking eight weeks to discover that very thing. I don't want you to miss it because we're not only going through this for you personally or you as a family or you as roommates or you as teenagers, we're going through this as a community as we sit before God during this pandemic and ask the question, when we can gather again, what are we gonna look like? That is a community-wide question, and we're going to go through it together. Now, our speaker. Her name is Bobby Gilman. For many of you, you know her. Bobby has been a BSF teaching leader here in the peninsula for four years. Bobby and her husband, Jeff, attend PCC. They've been married 28 years. They have three grown children, Lexi, Savannah, and Wyatt. Savannah just got married right before the shelter in place. Lexi and Wyatt are engaged. Congratulations, guys. Uh, And Bobby is just an amazing, amazing pursuer of Jesus. And I know we're going to be blessed by what she shares. I actually shared the following video with her in a setup for Mother's Day. I said, this is the essence of what we want to get across. And she actually had a different reaction than what I was expecting. So watch the video and then welcome Bobby Gilman. Sweetie, can you not eat off the floor? There will be a day when you hold him on your hip for the very last time. Let's see. That's a good beard. One more time, one more time, and there we go. There will be a day when you've made your final bubble beard. Mom? Yeah? Get out! You caught the ball. Hey, honey. A day when you will no longer be greeted like a hero. Hi, guys. Hey. Hey. or get the privilege of carrying them up to bed in your arms. Hey, Mom. Can we have the keys? Nothing can prepare you for these days. She looks just like you. Just as nothing can prepare you for the day when they finally understand how much you love them. (laughs) 
Hello PCC, my name is Bobby Gilman and it's great to be with you all today. Welcome to those who are visiting as well and happy Mother's Day to all our mothers. My prayer today is that God would use this time to infuse you with his love and redeeming power for our mothers as well as everyone listening. Now I'm wondering what you thought about that Hallmark message. Did it get you a little emotional, choke you up a bit? What may surprise you is I was not the one that chose that clip. Gary was the one that chose that clip. Gary is such a champion of mothers and wants to see them blessed and honored. And after I saw the clip, I shared it with my daughter, and it turns out that she is just as big of a sap as Gary is. She was a little emotional about it too. But when Gary asked me what I thought about the clip, I was hesitant to share the truth. I mean, it, it was emotional for me too, but I actually found it difficult to relate to because I am not a Hallmark mother and I did not have a Hallmark upbringing. In fact, I told Gary I would have related more if it was a clip of a mother losing her patience with screaming children and piles of laundry. We laughed pretty hard, uh, but I'm wondering how that mes message hit you and what it stirred up in you. As a community, we are probably all over the map when it comes to mothering and mothers. But here's the thing. Mothers have a powerful message to receive and deliver, and that is God is love. As mothers, we're supposed to be passing on God's love. And at times, this can feel overwhelming because we are an imperfect people tasked with receiving and delivering a perfect message. And it's messy. At other times, it can feel like nature, like mother nature. But it's a roller coaster in between. So I'm grateful. And I thank God that our message is not independent of our maker. It comes straight from him. And it is because of him. God is love and God redeems. That is his message and mission to all of us. And including imperfect us was always a part of his perfect plan. So what does that mean for mothers? His love has you covered. He's got this. His love prevails. And so our big idea today is love prevails in spite of performance or circumstance. Love prevails in spite of performance or circumstance. Well, earlier you got to hear the song Waymaker, and I've been really encouraged by that song lately, and I just love the lyrics. You are here working in this place. You are here moving in our midst. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, healing, mending hearts, turning lives around. And most importantly, even when I don't feel it, even when I don't see it, you're working. And I love this song in the context of this scripture from Isaiah that Sabuli read. If you want to go ahead and open up your Bibles, open up your apps to Isaiah 54, 1 through 5, we're going to be working from that passage. 
Uh, and uh, I just love that this passage is a picture of our Waymaker redeeming in the midst of great despair and great fear. And he does this out of our barrenness and our poverty. There is nothing that God cannot redeem. Our performance or our circumstances do not cripple God's ability to heal and, and redeem. We might not see it, we might not feel it, but he is working. So I want to give a little background uh, on Isaiah. Isaiah is the book we're in, and Isaiah was a prophet. And he wrote about 700 years before Christ was born. Now, a prophet was someone who spoke for God to his people. He was God's messenger. Now, in this portion of scripture, God is challenging his people to look through his eyes at their situation. And at that time, the Jewish people were God's cho chosen people. But God does something out of this world. He throws open the floodgates of heaven and says, my plan is also going to include the Gentiles. That was a prophecy and a promise. So God was actually referring to the church here. It would include all people who called on the name of Jesus. Those in the bloodline and those adopted, he's offering adoption to anyone who calls on the name of Jesus. He calls them family. And what is so crazy is God did this. And we have evidence of this 700 years after Isaiah wrote is the existence of the first church. If God can do this, if God says this is going to happen and it comes to pass and he does it, we can trust him. We can rely on his power. In fact, in the previous chapter, uh, chapter 53, it's a very famous chapter about the suffering servant. And in 53, it is prophesied that the Messiah would come. And he did. 700 years later, the Messiah, Jesus, comes. What else does he do? He establishes the church. God can do anything. His love will prevail over you and redeem you. He sees you right where you are. He sees you. He knows what you're going through. And he has a plan to redeem. Verse 5, the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. See, the thing is, when things bump up against Jesus, they get redeemed. All kinds of things get redeemed. People, parenting, relationships, circumstances, and most importantly, souls. He is our way maker. Now, we are made in the image of God. So what does that mean? Mothers are way makers too. And don't we see this? Day in and day out, we see mothers out there hacking away, paving away for their kids. They want the best for their kids. And they'll do just about anything to make a way for their kids. But more importantly, our job as mothers is to point the way to the maker. And so this has a double meaning for us. 
we got to have this posture. We point the way to our maker. We point to the one who is love. We point to the one who redeems to our children and all those around us in any situation. That is God's message to us, and that is our message to others. But for us to be at our best, we have to receive this message. We have to absorb it completely until it's deep in our bones. It is out of his great love for us, knowing it and living it, that we love well. This is where love prevails. This is where love reigns. God is love. Love never fails and God never fails. But if we are empty of the knowledge of God's love, our message will be empty. So most importantly, we got to believe it. We got to believe that God loves us. And so I say to mothers, treat yourself. I say to all of us, treat yourself and spend time with God. Have that time with him to feed your joy, to feed your peace, and remember that he loves you. So we point our souls, our children, and others to the maker. When I think of all the things a mother has on her plate, all the responsibilities and the roles that she has in a day, it is crazy. Stay-at-home mothers, singles, grandmothers, all of us. All of us have chore lists and responsibilities that we can barely get to the end of. And then there's just the monotony of it, the day in and day out. But what about some of those questions we get on a daily basis, like, what's for dinner? Now, I know some of you just groaned inwardly. This is a hard question. A Sunday school teacher was teaching about prayer one day, and she was saying the times that you could pray. And so she asked little Johnny if he prayed before dinner. And he said, no, I don't have to. My mom's a good cook. <laughs> you know, there are all kinds of messages we get day in and day out. And some are seemingly non-threatening, but some of these little message, messages can send us spiraling. There's also the messages that mothers have to dish out. They have to keep reminding their kids of things like, did you brush your teeth? Did you do your homework? Now, homework. Homework can be a battle. And what about when the report card comes? Ah, the report card. Now, some of you just had a mini panic attack, including kids, and kids may dread their parents seeing the report card. In science class, the teacher asked, when is the boiling point reached? And a student said, when my mother sees my report card. Well, what has happened is the world has us on a grading system that does not exist in God's economy. But we are so conditioned to the way of the world that sometimes we forget. Life is not all about our performance. But we gotta ask ourselves, are we constantly grading ourselves and others? It's not that we never have responsibilities to fill or that we don't measure performance 
but love is not built on performance. And I know right now in this climate uh, with what is happening with shelter in place and the impact it's having on school, that many parents and students are in, a, are in a rough place. They're in a tough place and they're concerned about what's happening with the schools and the colleges and how some are moving from uh, to pass fail instead of grades. And we're sitting here thinking, what does this mean? There was money invested, time invested, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. And have we lost or have we gained in this? But thank God for us, God demolished the grading system when it comes to his love. And I just want to encourage you, it's going to be okay. This is a blip in time, and we're going to get through this, and you're going to see the way God redeems this. If you move through this chapter, verse uh, 53 to verse 10, it says, Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. I love this. My unfailing love for you will not be shaken. I want to sit with that a minute. I want you to say that to yourself. Yet my unfailing love for you, Bobby, will not be shaken. This is God talking to you. Take it. Receive it. My unfailing love for you will not be shaken. We want to make sure we are not carrying the world system of grading into our relationships or our own understanding of God's love for us. But we have to ask, have we reduced our relationships to report cards? Do we measure our performance and those around us in a report card-like manner? This can be dangerous and it can be exhausting. But here's the thing, you can't have a relationship with a report card. You cannot have a relationship with a report card. Now, I think mothers come to Mother's Day very differently than fathers come to Father's Day. I think fathers are like, yeah, this is my day. It's about me. I get to have some time to celebrate. Mothers, I'm afraid we just grade ourselves. We're looking back kind of afraid. Do we deserve to be celebrated? But if we're looking back on our lives, say our parenting, and all we see are a lot of Fs, maybe some As, but let's face it, in our minds, any Fs are gonna cancel out the As, then there might be something wrong with our perspective. And there might be something wrong with our understanding of God. We don't want to allow the world to dupe us into thinking that our whole hope is in our idea or the world's definition of security, success, or goodness that's based on performance. God's acceptance of us is based on his love. And our hope is in God, not in the world. Yes, we still have to work and we still have to fulfill responsibilities, but he does not love us or redeem us based on our works. And this is good news. 
And this is a takeaway for us today. Love is assigned, not earned. Love is assigned, not earned. God is assigning you his love. And it has nothing to do with our performance. But I want to slow down here a minute, and we're going to have a breakout time to discuss a question. And here's the question. How could deepening your understanding of God's love for you impact your relationships? So if you're home alone, go ahead and blow up the chat with your answers to that and your thoughts about that. If you're with others at home, discuss it among yourselves. We'll be back in a minute. When we deepen our understanding of God's love for us, it sets us free. We strive less and it lowers anxiety and it puts things in perspective. We stop looking at our performance to determine whether we are valued and we trust God instead. And that's where love prevails and that's where love wins. And it's out of that security and freedom we love. And then performance no longer dictates our worth. So if we look at this passage in Isaiah 54, 1 through 5, this is what we find. It starts right out in verse 1. People in pain, completely out of control of their circumstances. Women, a people barren, empty on every level, in despair, desolate, full of fear and shame, and the adjectives and verbs go on, disgraced, humiliated. But what does God do? He rips through all that pain and eternity and says this, this is crazy. Your maker is your husband. That's to all of us, even men, even men, your maker is your husband. Don't just look at the things and people of this earth. Look up. Your husband's name is the Lord Almighty. And he says, I 
am your husband. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. And moving down in verse 13, it says, And all your children will be taught by the Lord, and great will be their peace. And great will be their peace. And he explains this in verse 2. He's go ahead and stretch out your hope because I've got you. I am the husband, I am the father, and these are my children. I am in control and I know exactly what I am doing. I want to pause here a minute and give parents of non-believing children a little encouragement. I know that sometimes we blame ourselves and question our parenting when it comes to our kids' faith. But think about this. God, who is a perfect parent, has unbelieving children. See, God is in this with us. He also has unbelieving children, and he knows that heartache. He knows that desire for them to believe. But in the midst of all that, he is still in control. He's in control. Control control is hard, hard to manage, hard to get. Well, during this shelter in place, I've seen many people out walking and I've noticed a lot of baby strollers. So what do baby strollers and the lack of control have in common? Well, for the child in the stroller, they are completely out of control where they are going and they are powerless over their circumstances. Now, just imagine a mother or a father is pushing their one-year-old in a stroller. Now, the parent has perspective, experience, a plan. But imagine how ridiculous it would be for the one-year-old to say, stop, I am going to push now. Mom or dad, you get in the stroller, I got this. Even if they were to switch positions and the adult is in the stroller and the baby is outside, that doesn't make the child in control. Or let's say the child in the, in the stroller starts disillusioning themselves, that they are controlling things and they start telling everyone along the way, I am pushing the stroller, I control my destiny. And that chump at the handle is also under my control. It's ludicrous. <sighs> But sometimes when we are desperate for control, this is our posture with God. And man, it is hard to admit that we don't have control over our circumstances. It's scary. In fact, it's downright humbling. But this is what I would love for us. For us to be the one that chooses to get in the stroller. We let God stroll us and we just squeal like little children, trusting that God is in control. He is in control. Of course, this does not mean that God will always stroll us into safe places. But part of the way God redeems is cultivating our trust so that eventually trust is assigned to our circumstances and not fear or the need to be in control. So this is another truth we can take away with us today, that God redeems by cultivating our trust. God redeems 
by cultivating our trust. And this will be in the midst of hard times and it will take time, but there's a purpose in it. He's cultivating our trust and this is part of that redemption process. Well, one thing I wish I could give mothers and all of us today is joy, an abundance of joy. And I want to give you permission to cultivate joy in your life. So I'm going to give us some time again for another question to discuss among yourselves. Talk with us on the chat. And the question is, what builds your joy? What builds your joy? So verse one, when we look at the message in Isaiah here, it says, sing barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy, you who were never in labor. This is incredible. God is saying to those in their deepest despair, they will find a song. They will have reason to sing. They will shout for joy. What is joy? It is hope that rises in spite of circumstances rooted in Christ. It's a hope that rises in spite of what we see, in spite of what we feel. And it is the place we go when there is nothing on earth to celebrate and heaven is not yet our home. It's not based on the earth. It's centered in God. Our hope is in God. And it can exist in the saddest and happiest of places. It exists in the heart of God where he holds us. He is our joy. So because of that, we can shout for joy because joy is not tied to our circumstances. We can have joy because love is assigned to us by God. And we are assigned to love others. So here's another key thing about joy. And this is especially for moms. 
we don't want to hitch joy to our circumstances. So first, we need to unhitch our wagon from hormonal teenagers, from teething toddlers, unhitch the wagon from our imperfections, from others' failures, and hitch to God's love and trust this redemption process. Remember, God redeems by cultivating our trust. Mothers are someone who are working behind the scenes. They're giving generously. They're not always seen. They're imperfect. Yet when they're centered in God, where all love and redemption flows, there she is perfectly positioned. And I want you to know, I want all of you to know, God sees you today. He sees all mothers. He sees those that are longing to be mothers that aren't. He sees the orphans. He sees the singles. He sees those longing for family. He sees those that have suffered loss. And you know, he understands you and he appreciates you. And in this passage, what God does is he redefines family and he adopts us all into his family and his church. And he says in these verses too, do not be afraid. My love for you will not be shaken. I am the Holy One of Israel, your Redeemer. And so we look for it. We wait for it. We hope for it and we expect it. Now, life will not be perfect. It won't be without pain, but we can trust that God is more powerful than our pain or struggle. He is more powerful than our kids' pain and struggle. Even when we can't see it, even when we don't feel it, He is working. Love prevails in spite of all. Love wins. Let's pray. Lord, your word is so powerful. And God, I just bring all of us before you today, just imagining where mothers are, singles, those alone. God, that you see them, that you set your love on them, and that it will not be shaken. God, I pray for every single person today listening to this, that you would show them just a glitter of the redemption that you're working in their lives. Let them see. Let them see some of the good and the fruit coming out of where they're at and what they're facing today. God, we thank you that you assign love to us and that that is what will set us free. God, you are holy and good. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for We Are PCC.